0: Today's episode of the Photographic Collective podcast is an absolute emotional roller coaster. You guys, my name is Miles Wood Boyer, and, uh, and y'all, today's, today's sit down, today's chat with, uh, with a good friend of mine, Verena Shaughnessy, is all about just the way the human experience works, the way the stories that we tell, the stories that we interact with, the places that we live and see and experience life alongside other humans affect us. Her story is a remarkable one, but more than that, the last 10 years uh, have been spent with her learning the psychology of how to tell better stories. This is a really remarkable sit down and, uh, and I hope that you guys are ready for all the highs and lows of what it looks like to be a professional storyteller. Hey, quickly, before we jump into that conversation, a quick shout out to listener Lauren Amy. Lauren wrote me this morning on Instagram, as so many of you guys have in the past, just to encourage me and tell me that you guys are listening and that you're tuning in week after week. Huge thanks, Lauren, for uh, for taking the time to encourage and to all of you guys that spend time reaching out and, uh, and conversing with me via Instagram or over in the Facebook group called The Photographic Collective. All right. So we're going to jump right over into my conversation, uh, dead set. In to the middle of a sentence, probably with Verena Shaughnessy. Okay, well, so let's let's back up really quick and uh, and give the intros. Um, because because the, the truth of the matter, Verena, and I actually really like I think this is a major compliment to, to you. The truth of the matter is the vast majority of people that are gonna tune into this episode have absolutely no idea who you are. And that's no that's cool because often in this in this podcast people are jumping on you know because of a name and uh and you're in here because um you've you've played a really kind of pivotal and cool role in in my life over the last few years but also in the live lives of a lot of really close friends to me uh and so I want to hear Verena like where are you who are you um and uh, and why on earth why, why are you here today
1: I'm, I'm Verena Shaughnessy. I'm the story finder, I think is the title that was given to me. But I've really kind of taken it on is that I have a curiosity in story, whether that's um, someone's story who's sitting across from me at a coffee shop or in a script or um, in a documentary story or in photo, photo stories as well. And so what I do on a day-to-day basis is find stories for brands and then develop stories for brands and either direct those stories as they come to life or work with the film crews that bring them to life. So I get I get a lot of time. Um, I get to spend a lot of time talking with people and learning from people and letting them move me, which is uh, kind of a dream
0: job. But
1: yeah, like what else do you want to know?
0: I mean, you're a professional like, Tell me if I'm wrong here. I feel like you're a professional listener.
1: Oh, yeah. What's funny is that I think there's some kind of um, saying out there that like you do the thing. like Your job is the thing that you want to be good at, but you don't feel like you are good at. And I don't feel like I'm actually very good at listening. Um, And people have said that before that like, oh, that's your job is to listen. I'm like, yeah, but I'm really terrible at it. (laughs) So I have to practice over and over and over again by hopping on the phone with people and trying to understand like what are they saying or what are they not saying.
0: Mm, okay, well, I mean, I'll say I've I have sat on the other end of that, and and I maybe from this perspective, I'll say I felt heard. So whether or not you're listening, I, you know, you you do an incredible job of making someone feel heard. Um, I think it's a special a special tactic. To, to walk into your career with, but, but maybe even more so, I think it's just sort of a special part of who you are. And, and it was the reason why I wanted you to jump onto this podcast with me because we're doing this series right now. I think I kind of told you about this um, in New York, but we're doing this series right now where we're bringing in some, some of them are, are image makers and, and a lot are not. We're just bringing in people who have um, unique perspectives And instead of saying like you know, hey, tell us how to become better photographers, we're we're having conversations about things that are that are deeper than that. Uh, You know, like how is it that you are pursuing just personal growth? How is it that you build relationships that that matter that change? um, You know, not just your professional life but your personal life. You know, like how how are you growing? And um, and so maybe you could, I'm, I'm sure you could probably tell this story significantly better than me, but I'd love to back up like to the start, our very first conversation. What was your role there?
1: The first time we met.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I was, that was several years ago. I was working with a company called Muse Storytelling. That is also a, a group of passionate individuals who are, Are very excited about stories and we were working our our client and partner at the time was fujifilm north america um, another group of people who like stories (laughs) we attract each other um but they were they'd come to us and said hey we want to tell a story about our brand um but we don't want to focus on the cameras we want to focus on the people behind the cameras so go out into our community and find those stories that represent who we are and one of the first steps with like with any kind of storytelling is listening, is letting the story move you before you go and write the script or um, make the make the movie or the photo project or whatever. So I had reached out to I think over 500 photographers around the world to interview them, some like in written form and a lot of them on the phone. And I believe you were you're an expert. I know you are an expert photographer, but I think you were then, too. And so your name had been given to me. And I knew you did weddings. I had done my homework just a little bit to know who you were to hop on the call. But then it was just kind of like this of like, all right, well, let's see where this conversation goes. And it's some of those conversations go really well. And some of them like in within 20 minutes. And I think ours lasted like two hours because it was really fun to keep asking why. And um, you were so gracious in opening up your heart and your life to me in a way that I know was really raw but it 's rare that I think we get to connect with people like that. I know that was a conversation that stuck with me since then. Um, so yeah, I think that that was a that was a quick like hi, how are you now let 's dive into your life in <laughs> two hours
0: well the The reason I asked that it probably sounds weird for me to like as the host ask you like tell me tell me about the first time you talked to me um, But the reason I asked that is because it was so profound on this end of that call. Hmm. Um, to have somebody whose job and, it, and maybe you were the first person i 'd ever been exposed to um, at least that handled it that delicately, but someone whose job was not to interview me based on on awards or based on accolades or based on even like professional perspective, um, but whose job it was to just sit and listen hmm. and and it changed, it, it drastically changed my perspective on how powerful people like you in the world can be uh, because the story has to be heard before it, it is told. And so so that's where where I want to start with you, I guess, is like back us up before you, you did this professionally because undoubtedly there is a remarkable story to, to how you became this very articulate, very patient, very poised individual who who's just also very creative. So where did all of that begin for you?
1: Um, well, I actually can relate to your niece in <laughs> a lot of ways because I didn't do the traditional thing either. I went to... I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, originally, where there's... Um, I got... I did the whole thing of like making home videos and all that and like there was a guy at my church who knew how to edit. So I learned how to edit, but when it came time to go to school, I didn't, I didn't even know women could direct like that just wasn't, um, in my mental archives at all. So film school, I didn't want to be an editor, um, and film school just wasn't, didn't want to do it. So I ended up running track at Mississippi college and had a fantastic first year, but at the end of it, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had taken a class in every single department that I could and still had no direction. I I am very, uh, I've got to have a why of why I'm moving forward at all times. There's gotta be purpose there. And so I decided to, um, take some time off and sent my name out to, I think it was like 22 different nonprofits around the world. And we're like, Hey, I'm, I'm taking six months to a year off. Um, do you need help? Like I'm, I'm offering free help here. And I got in several emails back, but one group um was based, they they're a kind of a hub that has humanitarian nonprofit groups all over the world. And they were like, Yeah, we have a team in South Sudan, which is this was between wars, and a team in Uganda. Um, we'd love to send you to one of those. They both need help, but it might be like nannying type work. And I was like, that's fine. Like, um, this is a chance for me to be curious and for me to learn. And I thought I might be wanting to do humanitarian communications or something like that. So, um, I know going to Bunabujo, Uganda, which is there wasn't like a paved road out there. So it was like a seven hour, very bumpy, um, like very, very bumpy truck ride. Like I got air at one point. I remember hitting my head on the top of this truck. It was such a rough road. Um, but I lived there for, for about three and a half months before they actually sent me to South Sudan and, and then Spain. And it was my, um, was not a great, I mean, there's not a, a nice way of putting it. I was just like a, a young, like white girl in the middle of a very complex situation that financially, um, culturally, historically, and it was overwhelming, um, but the way that I could ground myself in that was just getting to know like my neighbors and the people around me, and so I started writing their stories um, with their permission. Would do like would fo- do photo shoots with them as like I had brought my camera and like would um, just write my experience of trying to cope in this world. And the blog was terrible; no one read it but my mom. Um, but I ended up I was there, met a, a journalist, a writer who had come down and helped us with an engineering project who that journalist later became my husband, which is another really fun story. Um, but he read my, I asked him to read my blog, which is really bold. And he ended up giving me some storytelling tips. And that was kind of the start of this light bulb moment for me. So I started applying his storytelling, um, structure to my blogs and all of a sudden they started getting read. Um, and I was writing, I looked back at the blog and I was like, oh, I was actually like writing very up close personal accounts of pretty big world events um, and just humanitarian issues that the world was dealing with. And as I applied story, people started reading the blog to the point that like one of the blog posts ended up getting published in a magazine. And it was just this like aha moment of, oh, if like, I'm really passionate about things about the people I meet. And I want like these major conflicts that I I think we could solve or put a big dent in them. um, I want them to be heard and the right people to get the right supplies. And I need the right people to listen, but they're not listening. But wait a second, when I tell a story, they do. So I ended up moving back from um, that whole trip, like six months later and just like dove into everything I could possibly find about storytelling. I remember like, being like day two, totally jet lagged from Uganda, sitting in my mom's in living room, like typing, like storytelling lessons online. And at at the time, there was a group called Still Motion who branched off and later became storytelling, who I, I later worked for. Spoiler alert. But they um they published like this four-part series on the story that was all about finding like the people in your story, the places in your story, why you're telling a story. And I just like watched that on repeat, that whole like three months before I went back to school, just like taking notes, trying to understand like, how does this work? And that kind of started this whole curiosity of like, wait, why do our brains take in story? What's happening in our brains? How are we identifying with these characters? What happens when you're like totally lost in a movie and you don't realize what's going on around you. And that curiosity, um, led me to go back and study some of that in school and then continue studying it out of school. Um, and to speed up this, this long story, I eventually, um, worked really, really hard after college and eventually got a job at Muse storytelling where I came in so green, but they were great. And so I had like a a curiosity and energy to learn more. And, um, I got to like study more psychology of storytelling and then started teaching it, which is the best way to learn. Um, So yeah, and that's, that kind of speeds us up to where we were connected then, but it all started with that very young, confused, directionless, (laughs) I think 19, 20 year old Verena trying to figure out how to get people to listen to her.
0: This is such a sidebar to the whole conversation, but I I think it, it, it's powerful. I I think it's relevant to say that you had to find that, um, I I guarantee there's a term in a story and I'd, I'd be interested what, what the term is, but you had to find that turning point for yourself, right? That like, Mm -hmm. there's like that coming of age thing, but I, but that, Mm -hmm. that feels so Disney esque, right? But, but you had, you had to find it. It, It's an interesting conversation because I've been having these chats with, um, with good friends of mine lately that all of us have kids around the same age. And we're realizing, for instance, especially those of us that are raising little boys that like that, that like that boy to man moment that has been a part of like especially western society but really just society as a whole for thousands of years doesn't really exist in in like american culture anymore right mm-hmm. there isn't like a like like just there isn't a bar mitzvah moment for for a non-jewish boy there isn't a like we're going to put you down in in the kiva and have like smoke ceremonies there isn't right that that stuff doesn't exist so how do you raise these little boys that are f- curious and aggressive and wild and feral. And, and like, how do you, how do you instill character into them? And it, it's interesting though, because what I keep saying to my friends is exactly what you just said. is like, you, you kind of found your own route mm-hmm. and that, that moment happened to you despite you not going about it from a more traditional, maybe a, a more traditional angle.
1: Yeah. There, it's you know, it's funny because, um, at the time, like a traditionally in the South, like a, a girl's turning point or, or coming out—an um, old-fashioned term—there was the debutante. Um, mm-hmm. And I was also silently running away from a debutante. I had a yeah, very right. um, old Southern, traditional uh, grandmother who also named Verena. I'm the fifth. Um, she she was like, "It's time! It's time for your debut!" And I was like, "No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> bye." <laughs>
1: I'm going to go find my, come out and find my way and debut into the world in a very different way across the Mm -hmm. ocean. Um, But it's, it's finding, I think parents, I'm not a parent, but I can very much imagine and have experienced in my own of like, our parents are so like, they, they want you to like find your own footing and also don't want you to like risk and, or be unsafe in any kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to, I mean, that's going back to the story structure that you just said is. And in the classic hero's journey, the young character has to leave the safe and the secure of their home and go out, leave the village to go find who they truly are. And then they come back changed. And that's um, happened to me over and over again, but definitely happened with that one trip.
0: Okay. So I, I knew this would be uh, like one of our most fascinating conversations. I just, I knew I, I was so ready for this, Rita. So I want to hear then, you've told countless stories over the last, you know, what, 10 or 15 years, uh, right? And probably most of which have, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm assuming a lot of which have never even been told, right? Like you have, you've written them, you've dreamed them, you've thought them through, you've started them. For instance, like our conversation, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, spoiler alert to everybody that's listening, I wasn't chosen as one of the um I, I that sounds so weird it wasn 't like a finalist, right but they but you did films on a few of the stories that maybe resonated the most. Is there one that sticks out to you though that like is there is there a story that is one that changed you?
1: Oh gosh um, I have to really think about that. Um, like a story uh, yeah, there's definitely stories that I think have not been told that I would love to tell. Um, uh, but they're not necessarily stories that I was like, I found during like story finding interviews. Um, so I'm going through the Rolodex of like all the campaigns and stuff that we worked on. Um, I do like this is coming up as this is just like we just talked about this, but um, the blog that ended up like getting kind of published in a few small magazines was, was um, a girl, a story about a girl named Rachel who was two days younger than me, but had such a different life path just because of like where she was born and raised. But she was someone too that you know we say like like bad stuff continually happens to the same person over and over again. <laughs> um, she definitely had one of those stories and and was, was dealing with a lot of grief when I met her, but her story, um, I think just our story and how I connected with her story of like, like, Holy cow. Like we always say like my life would be so different. I was just born somewhere else. But then when you're like hit with that with someone who's just two days younger than you, who has a a two-year-old in her lap while we're talking, um, that was a story that I was like, I feel like we, I, I loved her as a human being and I would love to go in and, and explore her story and my story and how they're intertwined or were intertwined for that, those brief moments more. Um, so that's, an, that's one of those stories that I'm like, huh, I don't, I don't think I would tell that for anyone except for just mine and her own exploring and healing. Yeah. Um, but that's one that's not, that hasn't been told. Um, I think there's several, we just did a, I just worked on a project with a lot of young female creatives. Um, and there's a lot of women that I met who are extraordinary who they are, but are at the very beginning of their journey. And I want to see where they go in the next three to five years and check back in and then be like, yes, now, now it's time to do your story because it's like, I could see their voice developing, um, but they couldn't yet see it or weren't yet there. And so I think those are ones that have like impacted me because of their their eagerness and their desire and yet like, like kind of naivete as well, um, that I can see myself in. And so those are stories that are all like those are on the shelf. We'll come back to those. I don't know if that answers your question or not. I
0: have to th- I have no, it, to keep thinking on that one. It it does because where where I was headed with that, the reason I asked that question, um, though I, I really genuinely am fascinated, and and of course, like you know the story, and, and everybody that's listened to this podcast more than just an episode or two has heard me reference um or has actually heard the episode with Alison Conklin. Um and has that's heard me Say yeah, Allison's story, Allison's episode on here was just an extension of that that video, where we just sort of dug deeper. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and guys, if you're if you're listening, you want to know what that is. Down in the show notes, I'll I'll post a link um, into that episode as well as into the uh, the video that we're talking about because both are just remarkable. But but I think what what occurs to me is that most people in our industry right now. Are chasing this idea of being storytellers. It's it's almost become a uh, like a cliche. Um, you know, like I have a camera and we'll tell your story, right? But most of us are, and I'll say myself. I mean, I'll throw myself in there, um, though I try to not sit in this camp. But I think most of us are so impatient uh, that we end up telling a really bad third person version. Of a really powerful first-person story, we we strip the humanity out, we strip the um, unique elements out, we strip the empathy out, um, and we capture what is pretty or what is safe or uh, what what is at, at least easy to understand. And so, the reason I wanted to ask that question then is because you've you've been a part of these these moments in time as a storyteller, now clearly all over the world, but also alongside brands where you've been asked to tell the hard stories. Yeah. And, and so I want to like, I want to throw that back. I want to, I'm going to re-ask the question again, but I'm going to ask it in sort of a different way. How does learning to tell hard stories affect you?
1: Oh it's funny I when you first asked that question to Allison was the first one that came to mind because that's a story that's still going um and I'm actually talking with her more about like the parts of her story that haven't been told yet and how she she would want to tell them um they affect me deeply I believe someone's story is not something to just like blatantly throw at a brand and be like, this is it. This is the one that really connects with your values. Let's show this. Like someone's story is very much like how some cultures view their name. Like a name can be something that is, um, at least in fantasy fiction, like when you know someone's name, you like have power over them, but that's kind of the truth of your story too. And so I think when, when someone's sharing their story with me, I want to honor that, um, and by honoring that I, I need to really lean into it and feel it. Um, and so constantly hearing people's stories and like their wise, which often go back to like trauma or a hurt in some way, um, it can get really heavy, but it's also really beautiful. Um, and so it affects me. And I think in, in I experience so much of life through other people. Um, I've, gotten to like from an audience perspective understand like what losing your sight like allison's story can do for you or what um losing a mom through cancer like how how that feels and plays out and like burns and also like creates beauty in your life um but it's something like there's definitely a weight like sometimes i feel like i just can't keep hearing people's stories because i'm like okay like there's enough, but I think it's those moments where you lean in and continue opening yourself up that like magical things happen too. Um, but it's not something that I take lightly by any means.
0: Mm. Okay, that's really really beautiful, uh, and and totally something I like. I've replayed our conversation um, from a couple of years ago a million times in my head because I have been I've not been interviewed, you know, countless podcasts and and magazines and. Stuff, right? The the press stuff, and never before have I uh, plenty of times since, but never before that conversation have I dropped the party line. It was the first time, Freena, and I'm and I'm serious about that. Like, um, and I and I know my friends that were that were a part of that conversation. You know, like Jared, Jared probably remembers that and. Um, max and and Justin and brandon and and you know all the guys we were we were all sitting at a coffee shop right and I stepped out to have this what I thought was going to be like a fifteen minute conversation with you <laughs> and I ended up running my uh, airpods dead you know I was going doing the whole cycling back and forth thing so one could charge while the other one was for hours on end while we talked and I realized that you had given me space to put names and moments and um and depth into my story that I'd never even given myself. Hmm. Um and not from like a therapy perspective, just from a like things that I had been so quick to to make simple, it turns out were really complicated. Hmm. And and then that changed the way that I've had conversations and and interviews ever since where I've said, you know what, there's, there's beauty in the depth. And so if you're not ready to go deep, then, um, you know, go ahead and make your next call because, mm. you know, so publicly one, I want to thank you for that. But two, I also want to, to ask Then, like you've created this, this whole brand around understanding other people's stories and then taking those into brands and being on set and being, creative and capable and, and all of that stuff. But personally, where, where are you headed next? Like, how does this affect you? Um, you do you, you mentioned your husband. I know you live, you live in Portland. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. So what is, what's going on in your world? Like, where is your story at right now? Mm.
1: Um, ugh, I hate this question right now. which means it's real. Um, I I think I have to like give some context to be able to answer that question. So um, I feel like I'm very much still at the beginning of my story, um, but I've, I've been in the like, Oh, you're a newbie like green stage for a while. And I just hit this turning point of like, okay, you have some professional background now. So I've been working with, um, was freelancing for a while trying to figure out the whole story thing and then got a job of muse storytelling. And they taught me a whole lot to work, like just what working with a brand looks like, how the, the more we, we did so much research with psychology of storytelling. There it was really fun. Um, and then I left just about a year ago to kind of explore like, what does this next chapter look like for me? And um, I'm, I'm someone that likes things to happen like this. I'm very like fast <laughs> and, I realized that I needed probably um, that the next thing, what is it going to happen like this? I needed to slow down and uh, give myself space to figure out like, what do I want? And so I said, um, I've given myself like a year to probably about a year and a half of getting, of saying yes to things, to different jobs, things that I probably wouldn't have said before. Like I've been working on an animation series this year. I didn't think that I would ever get to do that. My Pixar dreams are coming true um as well as like working on more documentary stuff and then even diving into the scripted world trying to understand like where does this skill set fit in and where does it work and what gets me excited um and what i want to do with that so i don't i don't have an answer i just i turned 30 about a month ago um and i was really hoping that my 30th would like give me an answer <laughs> that something would come down and ended up kind of bringing a wrecking ball instead my um grandfather who is very close to the unexpectedly, like passed away the night of my 30th birthday. And so it's ended up putting me into a whole other turmoil, but also a whole other, like just questioning of where I want to spend my time. Um, that and death always does bring that, but it's definitely, uh, it's, it's caused more questions than answers. So I don't know, but I know that I, I, I love people and I love, hearing their stories. And I don't have enough time to fully explore everything in the world. So I better start talking with more people who have. Um, So whatever's coming down the pipeline, it will include those things. But I don't know specifically yet um, what that will look like.
0: Hey, we're interrupting this conversation all about storytelling with Verena to talk to you a little bit about the ways that you're telling stories. Are you doing a good job? Like, do you think that maybe uh, if if you had the right software or the right systems in place, you could be an even more effective storyteller? If the answer to that question is yes, then I actually have uh, a solution for you. Narrative Select and Narrative Publish are both of the software systems that I use to leverage storytelling even more effectively in my own brand. Y'all, they are giving an exclusive discount just for PhotoCo listeners. Uh, Just use the code MILES over on the Narrative website. That's M-I-L-E-S on the Narrative website for a discount on both Narrative Select and Narrative Publish and get back to telling better stories. Uh, you you haven't probably been privy to a lot of this, but we just did, um, it's been about a month now, we launched a uh, a really neat first live workshop series and then um, it will be available here in the next couple of weeks. I keep saying that, you guys, hold me to this, but it's going to be available in the next couple of weeks uh, for download called Superhuman. And so much of it is about understanding your own story, your your own placement in the story, um, down right to the, the point I, I make throughout the workshop that is like your your proximity to the story is also your um, your ability to see it in focus. The closer you are, um, the more capable you are, uh, at least in my experience of, of saying like, you know, put that 16 millimeter lens on and touch your subject because if you can feel and smell and understand you know, the 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 air leaving the room in in a in a moment and you too gasped than then your your images and your your ability to retell that moment have so much more depth than simply by backing up and watching it from you know an unobtrusive perspective. Um but I want I want to ask like some tangibles from you because we're we're a large audience base here completely filled with people who are trying to figure this out. So like mm-hmm. Where do we start? Like, where do we become better storytellers? Um, and and can you can you help us with that? Is there like a a three step, five step, twelve step process? Like, put us down on the couch and or put us in the principal's office and help help us out.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm like, oh, it's the sixteen millimeter lens, and it's um. A mirror when, when you were talking earlier about our conversation, I think like that whole creating space and allowing you to see your story is being, is really just being a a mirror to you. Um, because we, we sometimes get so close to our own stories that we can't connect the dots. Um, I know I have that issue. That's why I go to counseling. Like that's why I have someone else listen to my story is like, I need someone else to connect the dots in my story. But when we as image makers and storytellers get to do that for someone else, it's really coming with, without um, an agenda or a preconceived notion, being able to sit there and listen, and to ask how and why questions, um, to to be able to allow that person to kind of connect the dots and to move forward themselves. And then when you hear two things that are like, wait a second, that that was a cause, that that might have been the cause for this other thing that happened in their life, getting to like mention that and see what that person does. Um, so it is being like fully in it, like with that 16 millimeter lens, as well as being the mirror for the other person so that they can see themselves in a new light. But as far as tangible steps, um, there's definitely, um, definitely some steps that people can take when approaching a story. So we say that, um, every character that we face it, we see in like a movie to, um, a bride or a groom or to just your friend next door you're having a conversation with. There's, there's three things you would really want to find out about that person. If you were ever going to like write a story about them. And one of the first ones, and probably the first thing that you'd ever figure out about them is their desire. Like, what do they want? What are they going after? Um, like let's see. I mean, I know my own story, maybe the best in this conversation, but it's the, like a desire would be, um, right, right now is figuring out a brand, figuring out direction. It also could be a, a what I call a lowercase desire. Um, should be like to, to win the next trail race that I'm running in, which I do when I'm not telling stories. <laughs> um, but it's that thing that we want that we don't have. And so when I'm having conversations with people, I'm trying to figure out what is that desire? What's their passion? What gets them really excited? When do their eyes really light up? When do they sit up in their chair and start getting animated? And those are signs to me like, oh, okay, we're on to something. The next thing that you're trying to figure out is the why behind that desire. Like, cool, you're really passionate about like kiteboarding. Why? <laughs> is it just because this is a cool thing or was your dad into it? And he's passed on this legacy of kiteboarding. You're really into wedding photography. Why? Um, is it just because it makes money or is it because you have this really like soft spot with your own family and you've been trying to search for love in someone else. Um, but it is those two things that are like two sides of the same coin, but then the deeper level, which is much harder to get to and really takes and like the two hour conversation that we had, is that like the motivation or the the why behind the why? Um, like what, when they're like, yeah, I'm really into wedding because I love families and my own family, but why, why, do you? why families? What was in your family? That was a part of this. Um, we we're, I recently have been working on a campaign that involves mentorship and it's been really exciting for me to ask these mentors, like, why, why is this important to you? Um, you're very passionate about passing on your love for photography, but why, why, um, was there someone in your life who was standing in your corner that really helped you? And for some of them, it's gone back to someone who, when they were like eight years old, saw them and supported them and listened to them, but also passed down this like advice that has helped them through their whole career. So that's, that's the, the deeper why, the motivation, what kind of sparked this whole initial interest for them and is now driving that desire that they have. Um, yeah, those are the, those are three things that I think, honestly, we should be asking and trying to figure out with every conversation we have, but especially if we're trying to tell someone's story.
0: Okay. So I think the next logical question then is how do we take that, that information? Um, because often, often I think you're, you're left now with, um, with a fresh perspective, maybe on the story that you're trying to tell, um, but how do we take that information and pull it out of the clouds and put it into our camera? Mm. Like now you have, you have this humanized, empathetic, beautiful moment in front of you that you maybe don't fully understand, but you, you have permission to understand. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then, and then what?
1: Um, I think there's a lot of different ways to answer that, um, from the technical side down to, to the anticipating side. Um, the more, you know, someone know those things that they get excited about, know their desires or know the motivation behind it, um, the closer you're going to get to them. So the more you're also going to be able to like anticipate how they're going to receive or walk into different situations. Um, this is not known, but I did wedding videos for a very hot second. Do not look them up. They're all terrible. Um, but I did wedding videos because I loved, love getting to know the bride and groom. And I would spend hours getting to know them beforehand. And I didn't realize that, that was probably me, like like the, the step up to the next story finder. Um, because I would, I'd get to know them from like childhood, up to here, and I know you do a lot of the same stuff as we've talked through this. Um, but it would help me then anticipate these moments that would be happening throughout the day, and even be able to get to speak into it of like, hey, like, I, w- what if we did this a-, a different way? Because I realized that like you and your mom have this really special connection, and y'all don't want it in front of all these other people. I don't know. So it was, it was getting to apply just my knowledge to them and almost felt more like I'm stepping in as a friend to be able to help them create um, moments that were more significant to their story than necessarily the cookie cutter approach to a wedding Um, for like filmmaking and documentary filmmaking, especially as that's we're working with real people. I would say it It allows me to connect with them in an interview and in B-roll in a way that feels um, so much more human. And I'm not just like taking their story. I'm really making this with them. And there's this trust there that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Uh, but it also allows me to be able to look to a DP and be like, hey, I want this on a 35 millimeter because we're we're going to see some spunk come out of this construction worker that we haven't quite seen yet. And I want that to be a, a little bit wider angle, or I want you to go on a 23 um, and, and, and get some of the like fun that comes out of her versus um, if I've talked to them and I know also like what makes them nervous or what's going to make them kind of close up more switching, switching lenses is also anticipating that. So I don't know what that was. So I think there's application then from the technical side of, how I'm going to approach and and film or photograph a scene, but also very much to then the the story that you are creating, the more you know them, the more you are going to be able to capture that vulnerability um, and their rawness and who they are. There's, um, I think I was telling you about this last time we hung out, that this is kind of an example of what I'm talking about. For my 30th, um, this is a plan that kind of fizzled out, but I hope to... Reignite it um, just with everything that happened on that day. But on my 30th, I was sending, I was going to send out an invitation to like five to 10 different people and be like, hey, I want over the next 12 months, I want you to make an image of me as you see me. Because each of you have had a lot of conversations with me. You've listened to me and I don't, I don't, don't ask me questions of what you want. You just tell me what to do and put me in the outfit and the place and the environment and the lighting where you um, feel like this reflects a part of my character. And I want to do that because I want to see, um, I want to see what they've seen. I want to stand in their shoes and look at me, which maybe sounds really selfish, but I think that that's such a, like a storied approach to photography is like them, them holding my story and then making an image based off what they've heard. And that's kind of what we're doing as photographers, is we're listening to those those deeper why's and those motivations, and then helping that person see themselves through the image that you've made.
0: Mm, okay, so I mean, backstory is that's actually how this conversation came came up, right? Was us sitting <laughs> chatting in New York, and you telling me that you'd wanted to you ask You were on me that. List. that. <laughs> you said I, yeah, well, you told me that that you know I, I want yeah. you to take an, this image of me, and I was like, okay, I want to show my podcast. Um, okay. So we're, we're creeping, we're creeping in on an hour, which is totally our cutoff time. Um, because I, because I I want people to hear this. I want people to grasp the actual depth uh, of this, of this chat, but walk us, walk us back out of here. So let me replay this really quick. So you grow up in a, you know, a very Southern, very kind of Americana lifestyle. I'm just, I'm putting words in your mouth there. Um, And you have an opportunity to go see the world and you just take it and you do some, and and this isn't like, you know, backpacking through the French Riviera. Like you, you go to war torn areas where there's real stories, real people doing, you know, real things. And then that informs you enough to where you come back now hungry to find what stories you can attach to here. Right. Um. And you've now spent the last, yeah, you said you're 30. So let's, let's say the last 10 years now dedicating your life to story. Um, I want, I want some, something, some tangible for, this is me being selfish here. I want the the biggest lesson that you have learned over the last 10 years of doing this, Um, that, The single, you know, the magic bullet that has just like kept you waking up every day saying like, today I'm going to tell another story and I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to do it with, with heart and with empathy and with love and compassion and, and curiosity and, you know, enter inter all of the words. Walk me through that.
1: I think, I mean, you're essentially asking me like, why do I keep going? Um. When I, when I was first starting out, people would ask me, like, why stories? And I was like, I really just want people to know, like, how worthy they are and how important their story is. And I don't think I realized that what I was saying is I, w- I want these people to to know that, like, they're enough, that they're beautiful. And I wanted them to know that because I needed to know that. <laughs> Um, And I still need to know that. And I'm someone that like always like wants to be in the limelight (laughs) and also find myself very much doing the pre-production backstage stuff. And, but I get to wake up every day and listens to someone's story and help them connect the dots that spark something in their mind. And then they get to go off and go Tell a powerful story or make beautiful wedding images that then change that person's life. And then that person may end up doing something else. And so I think it's, I wake up each day because of that one on one contact I get to have with someone to help them know that like their story is worth them telling and them continuing to pursue and continuing to fight for because they're beautiful and they are enough. And they are worth that fighting for to throw in Hemingway. (laughs) Um, That's my why. And it's a lesson that I have to tell myself on a regular basis because I'm human. (laughs) Um, And if one person acknowledges that and steps into themselves and owns their voice and goes off and creates the best project they've ever made and those images speak to, to someone else in an incredible way, then awesome. I've done my job. Um, and it's, it's worth taking several hours on the phone to sit there and and talk with someone to help them get there. Yeah. It's not super glamorous, (laughs) but it's, it's exciting for me.
0: I think there's absolutely no way we could possibly wrap up better than that. I mean cuz y'all that are that are listening that have made it, you know, 53 minutes, well minus a few, we'll probably chop a few, but let's call it 50 minutes at the beginning to now. Um you've gotten to hear what it what it's like, what it actually is like. You know, so many of us feel so isolated, or 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 so like alienated, maybe, um, in our own stories. But you've gotten to hear what it's like to to be someone who has lived this beautiful story, telling other people's stories. And, Farina, you're still you're still in the middle of it, like chapter to chapter, it's still unwritten, and uh, and it's still it's still probably just as important that you have a you in your life. And I'm so grateful that I have a you in my life. So, um, so yeah, thank you for taking the time to just be like truly vulnerable with us like that.
1: Yeah. Thank you for listening and for being curious. It's a mix for fun conversations that I hope will benefit others.
0: Oh, it will. It absolutely will. There's, there's no doubt. And, um, y'all do me a favor. If, uh, if you get here to the end before we do the outro and 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 the ad break and all the dumb stuff that has to come with with podcasting will you do me a favor though and will you take a hot minute to um to maybe so that we don't swamp her drop me a dm in instagram with with questions or or just ways um that this conversation touched you I'll make sure that all of that gets over to Vrina and uh and and make sure that she understands that like there's something really special. Um, it's been a few episodes. Actually, it's been about a whole season since we went quite this deep um with with a guest. And it's just because it was getting to be, you guys that have been listening now for four seasons now. it was getting to be every episode was just getting darker and darker and darker. But um man, Verena, you are just uh you're just a lovely, just a beautiful human. And I'm so grateful that that you're in in my community and and in, I don't know, in my world. I can't wait to hug you again. Hopefully, we don't have to wait like three more years. Uh, and No, it's got to be a
1: year as you're going to okay. get an invite for uh, this 30-year-old image at some point.
0: It's the, We're going. Okay, <laughs> we let's do it. do it. Let's do it. I think um, that we're going to end up back in Uganda. I think that's this is going to be a very expensive Whoa. image. This be um, be expensive image. <laughs> um, hey... Uh, sidebar for for you um, and and a teaser because we I've got a a, a guest coming um, that I'm booking actually actively um, that is so similar I cannot wait to connect you guys um, a good friend of mine Brooke and and uh, and you you guys are going to absolutely connect um, she did a documentary called the connected cup which was a um, a coffee documentary that was shot all over the world, including uh, Uganda and Ethiopia and Tanzania, and but in like war torn areas where she was learning Arabic as a woman in coffee shops, which was the only place she could like show her face. And anyway, just remarkable, remarkable ways um, for for me to hopefully connect you guys. So, thank you so much again for for being here, y'all. Thank you for listening. Um, oh, Verena, you're wonderful, and uh, and let's do it again soon, okay?
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Miles.
0: Okay, so there you go. There's an entire episode all about storytelling told to you guys, filled with wisdom and nuggets, all by a professional storyteller. What a special opportunity for us to pick Verena's brain and uh, and just understand the human experience a little bit better. Those of you guys that keep coming back... If you're enjoying this podcast, if it's speaking to you, if you love the guests, love the conversation, uh, or just are a part of the community, it would mean the world to me to get that five-star review from you over on the iTunes store. A review means that we suddenly can be placed right in front of more and more people just like you. And bring more people into the fold. So take the time, if you don't mind, go over and uh, and just smash that five star. It would mean the world to me. Coming up next week, we have another exciting guest for you. All along this same thought track of how to tell better stories, uh, I think you're going to like who we've got who we've got coming up, and uh, and I think it's going to pair very well with this conversation. The last thing I'll tell you guys today, as you as you log out today, uh, don't forget if you are struggling to tell better stories. If you just wish storytelling was a more integral part of your brand, or it's time for you to refine the way that you are telling stories, my suggestion is that you look into both Narrative Select and Narrative Publish. Both of these software systems and uh, and the Narrative brand in general have been such an encouraging and such a supportive part of my story and my business over the last several years. And uh, and Narrative is being kind enough to offer an exclusive discount just for PhotoCo listeners and members uh, just by using the code MILES. That's M-I-L-E-S. That's all I got for you. We'll see you next week.